want to start by reading to you a short passage from one of my favorite books. It's called Heart of the World. I think I may have read from it in another homily before. And just before I read it, know that it, it's kind of written to be taken tongue-in-cheek. It's kind of sarcastic in tone. If you have a fire in the house, guard it well in a fireproof hearth. Cover it up, for if only one spark escapes and you fail to see it, you and everything that is yours will fall prey to the flames. If you have the Lord of the world in you, in your fireproof heart, heart, fence him in well. Be careful as you carry him about, lest he begin to, to make demands and you no longer know whither he pushes you. Hold the reins tightly in your hand. Don't let go of the rudder. God is dangerous. God is a consuming fire. That's the image that Jesus uses in the gospel today, is that God is this consuming fire, that it overwhelms and overtakes us. And because of that, the gift of faith that is this fire in our life, because it's like that, the world wants to domesticate it, wants to tame faith. Oh, faith in the world and society is fine as long as you keep it in your churches and you keep it in your homes, but it's not really welcome in the public square. It's not welcome out there. And what happens when we do domesticate a cat? What do we do? If we domesticate a cat, we'll often declaw it, neuter it, and probably keep it in the home because if you let it outside the house, it could escape and never come back. But when we domesticate a cat, we're taking away part of its nature. Cats are made to hunt, to roam, to procreate. And so part of its purpose, part of its existence for being is stripped away from it. And it's the same thing with our faith. If we try to domesticate our faith, tame our faith, we're stripping away its nature, the purpose that it exists for. And every one of us has the temptation to domesticate that faith. Why? Because when faith is lived passionately, zealously, and to its full extent, the gift of faith is challenging. Challenging to us, and then if we live it faithfully, it's challenging to the other people that are in our lives. How do we grow in the faith to be like, say, Pope John Paul II? who before he was Pope, when he was Bishop in Krakow, the Communist tried to create a city just outside of Krakow called Nova Huta. And it was supposed to be this kind of industrial city with all the entertainment that the people could want, theater and bars, and it was going to be the first Communist city in the world with no church. Problem was, most of the workers in the factories were all Catholics. And so they found this land, and they put a cross in the middle of it, which was fine with the communists at first because, well, it's not a church. It's not really that threatening. But then the people started to push more and more to be able to build their own church. And so the communists wanted to come and take away that cross, to take away their hope of ever having a church. So what Karol Wojtyla, later Pope John Paul II, did was that year, on Christmas Eve, in the middle of winter, he went in that square in the middle of this communist city, 
and celebrated Christmas Eve Mass with the people right in front of the communists, not knowing what his outcome would be. How do we get to that kind of faith? Because when Jesus is saying that he's bringing this fire, this baptism, this gift of faith to set the world ablaze, he says it brings division. But is that what Jesus really wants? Does he want to divide us? No. He says far more often in other places his desire for unity, his desire to bring peace. So what is he saying here when mother-in-law is against daughter-in-law? Faith challenges, and so it creates division. I know many of you here would want to hear me preach today about how do we deal with those divisions that happen between family members, between friends, between co-workers. But we need to take a step back from that first. Because if our faith in our own life is not genuine and authentic and ablaze, then we're never going to be able to deal properly with those relationships. Because our temptation to domesticate faith happens in our own life as well. We domesticate faith when we take that flame of faith and we keep it small and manageable in our life so it doesn't take over too much. Or we distance ourselves from that flame of faith and we don't really feel the heat anymore. So if that's the case in our life, then what happens when we deal with those who are challenged by faith, if we have this small faith that we control and manage in our life, well, what happens when you have a small flame? You have to protect it. And so if somebody challenges our faith, then we become hostile and defensive against them, which is never good. Or if we've distanced ourselves from that flame of our faith, we don't feel that heat, the passion of our faith, then when it's challenged, we just walk away and don't say anything because it's not supported by anything. So how do we continue to let that faith grow to let God give us that gift of grace that he wants to give us, that Jesus tells us, how he wishes it were already kindled. It goes back to our second reading from the letter to the Hebrews. I just want to reread to you the first verse. And to forewarn you in the rest of this homily, I'm going to beat this fire analogy to death. And you're going to be sick of it by the end. Here's the first verse from our second reading again. We are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross. The author to the letter of the Hebrews gives us Five things in that one little verse to remind us of how we let this gift of faith be kindled in our life and continue to grow. The first, so great a cloud of witnesses. We're here together. We don't live our faith alone. When we live our faith alone, it's so much easier to be challenged and to be defeated. When you think of a firefighter battling a forest fire, what are, what's one of the tactics that they use to defeat that fire? Well, if it's a forest fire, they'll chop down trees on the perimeter of the fire 
so that it won't catch to the next trees. There's too much distance between them. Or if it's a fire in a field, they'll dig a ditch around the blaze so that it can't catch on to the grass beside it. When we are divided from each other, the blaze loses its impact. St. John Paul II, at that Christmas Eve Mass, it wasn't because St. John Paul was all by himself celebrating Mass, it was because there was a mass of people all there together, and the communists had no control over the crowd. Second, lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. Carrying sin in our life is like starting, trying to start a fire with soggy wood. If you try to start a fire with wet wood, it's almost impossible to light, and if you get it to light, it creates more smoke than it does flame. We have to continually strive to grow in virtue and in holiness because for those that are outside the faith, what's the, one of the first criticisms that they make when faith comes into conversation? Ah, you're just a bunch of hypocrites. You say a bunch of nice things and you do the exact opposite. We need to continue to grow in our own life of holiness. Three, run with perseverance the race set before us. We're not trying to start a fire with gasoline where it lights quickly, a huge flame, lots of heat, and it dies quickly. We're looking for a slow burning heat like a wood burning stove. We're not running a sprint, we're running a marathon. And the way that we approach our slow growth in faith and the way that we bring that faith to others, it's not, I need to be converted now. It's, I'm letting God's grace grow in me. Fourth, look to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. If you know how to build a fire, it's probably because somebody taught you. We don't go out there and just figure out how to light a fire. We need to come back to our relationship with Jesus time and time again, because he is the pioneer, the originator of our faith, and the perfecter of our faith. Faith is not primarily something that we grow in by our own efforts and our own strength. It is a gift, a gift that we receive. And finally, Jesus, for the sake who, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Why do we, sell it? Why do we light a fire? Because we need the heat for ourselves and for the food that we need to cook. We need to remember the reason why we live our faith, the purpose behind it. Because if we don't live it for the right reason, then it won't be genuine. Because I don't think anybody here is under any illusion that we are in a time and in a place where it is exceedingly difficult to live our Christian faith. We are in a new time in history. What we are experiencing as humanity is something that we have never before experienced as humans, which is a society who has no belief in God. It's never existed before. Even if we've lived in a place where there was a belief in another God, there was at least a belief in a God. And we are increasingly living in a society with atheists. And this is a new reality. And so if we do not allow that blaze of our faith to grow, 
If we fall into the temptation of domesticating our faith for fear of the challenge that awaits us, it won't last. It will be overcome. But listen again to those five points from the letter to the Hebrews. The cloud of witnesses. We come together every Sunday to help support each other in our life of faith. We're not just here individually, we're here as a community of faith. You go back out into the world and you might be the only Catholic at work. But here you're reminded you're not alone. We need each other. To lay aside the sin that clings so closely, how do we begin every Mass? I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters. Run the race with perseverance. We come to Mass every Sunday, time and time again, because this isn't an all or nothing. This is a slow growth. And we look to Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, because at every Mass, what do we come for? We come to receive the Eucharist. We come to receive Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity so that his presence in our life can set us ablaze. And then at the end of Mass, I say to you, go in peace. So that we remember when we go back out into the world why we live the faith that we choose to live for the sake of the peace that comes with the kingdom of God, for the sake of eternal life, life with God. The Mass that we celebrate every Sunday is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. It is the source of what sets our faith ablaze if we let it. So we can ask ourselves, am I falling into the temptation of domesticating my faith, with stripping it of what it has the potential to be for me? Or today, am I willing to accept that gift of grace from God, which is my faith? to let him grow it in my life and in my heart, even if that means that God is dangerous, that God can overwhelm my life because Jesus came to bring a fire to the earth, a fire that changes our life and a fire that changes the lives of the people around us.